Welcome back to the Ridgecast. This is Isaac Hunter. I'm running solo today with the hosting, but it's going to be a good one. We got Mason Patton on today. Really excited to get to know Mason, introduce him to the company. I feel like a lot of guys are still getting to know Mason just because you're newer. So we're excited to kind of dive in and talk about his story. Specifically, we're going to be talking a lot about recruiting and also what the biggest pull was for Mason coming to RID. So just to give him a brief introduction real quick, he's from Albany, Oregon. That is where he actually sold for his first summer. He did 135 accounts, but he only sold during the weekdays. He jumped two feet in into the industry. His second summer during COVID summer did 250 in in just three months. But the biggest thing about Mason is going into that offseason, he only had two recruits. And going into this year, Mm -hmm. he got up to 31 guys and then came over to RID. So super excited to dive into this. Let's get it rolling. What's up, Mason? What up, Red Nation? <laughs> Happy to be here. Dude, good to have you here. It's good to finally get you on here. We've been talking about it for a little while, so. Yeah, no, it's my first podcast ever, just continuing the theme of faking it till I make it. Dude, so. you know, I still have no idea what I'm doing with this thing, <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. You wouldn't guess. Well, dude, we're going to just jump right into it. We want everyone to kind of get to know you a little bit. So talk to me a little bit about how you got into the industry. Yeah, so I actually, I I went to college at Utah State. I had a a cousin that ended up selling for a summer. He kind of blew up. And so I remember my mom just telling me about him. And at first I I said, no, I didn't want to do it. And I I had a really good buddy recruiting me in in the first year. Would have been about four years ago. I I said, no, I I wasn't going to do it. And then I'll I'll never forget that Christmas after that. My bank account, it it was hovering at like $20. And I had some charge I wasn't expecting. And I didn't check it for like three days and my bank account went to like negative $200 on overdraft fees. And I I went home, I was like, I talked to my mom again about sales. I was like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I need to go make more money. So I decided to hop into it. I I sold from home in Albany, Oregon. So where where I'm from the first summer. And uh, it was good. I, to be honest, like with, with my family, we love to boat. And half the summer I was, you know, 30 minutes from the lake. So there might have been some days where I uh, threw a sail on the board and then just ran down to the lake. But for not having to sacrifice much, it it was a great summer. It kind of was my first time doing, you know, something just totally different and and having to grow myself. And it it was uncomfortable. It was really hard in the beginning. My second summer, I made a switch and I went over to Albany, New York. It was a COVID summer. It was kind of, I mean... For the guys that sold in the COVID summer, you know how it is. There were obstacles, but something clicked and it just, it was an awesome experience. So those are kind of my first two summers. And then, yeah, just going into that off season, I had two recruits, my guys, Caleb and Ben, some of my best buds. And I would like to say I just kind of got lucky, just had a few key friends follow me, recruited through them. And before I knew it, I was at 31. Going into, into last summer, I started out with 31 recruits. So I just... It just kind of happened. My plan was to go to law school, but by the time I hit 31, I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd be kind of an idiot to walk away. So <laughs> I feel that, <laughs> I dude. Am. I feel that. I remember I got home from my mish and my buddies were all hitting me up about going to do sales. And I was like, no, man, I got this bank teller job. It's good. Like I'm, I'm going to be living the life here. And even as, as a bank teller, I ended up having similar situations where I'm looking at the bank account. I'm like, dang, like overdraft king over here but um <laughs> when my buddies all came home told me like genuinely dude we actually had a really good experience like went against all of the stereotypes that 
everyone kind of hears about with the sales industry Mm -hmm. and so i was like all right i gotta give this a shot and here i am still in it just like you so dude you've only been with rid for a few months now so for you i'm sure swapping companies wasn't an easy process i went through the same situation but for me personally swapping was the fresh start that i needed and Mm -hmm. i remember how hard of a decision it was so just Let's dive into that real quick. How did you find rid of all places for your fresh start? And what made you get to that decision to ultimately leave your prior company? Yeah, it's a long story. This this is my third company now. And I, I'm grateful for the first two in every way. You know, they, they did a lot of things to help me. I've been very lucky with the, the how would you say, the chronological order of, of events. The progression. Just kind of finding new opportunities at the, at the right time, just kind of stumbling upon them. But... Clayton Hines, one of my partner Cole, that's one of his guys. And Clayton would come over to my house, like senior year of college. He was kind of friends with my roommates. And I just started talking to him. And then, you know, midsummer, he messaged me where he, he posted some numbers. I posted some numbers of the team or something like that. And we were DMing each other. And I just kind of asked him, you know, I, I was kind of a lay down sale at that point. I just kind of asked him, like, what are you guys doing? And then I, I had a few things that had happened recently that made me just want to make sure I was in the right place. And so I ended up having a meeting or two with Rid. It was tough, the, especially the second company I was with. I had so many people that I really respected that helped me get to where I was. You know, it, it, it definitely wasn't me. I had people around me. I was in the right kind of vehicle. I think it, it got to the point where I felt like by the end of the summer and the beginning of the off season, I felt like, you know, it was kind of a bigger company. I'd kind of, kind of outgrown where I was at. And I just kept meeting with Rid, and it was it was crazy. I even wrote like a a pretty long email and sent it to all my like trustworthy, wealthy, you know, family friends outside of the industry. And I was like, "Here's one company. Here's the other. Like, what do I do? Like, how how do I, you know, like how do I make this decision? You know, I have this loyal part of me that wants to stay where I'm at, but I have this other part of me that's like." these guys at RIT are just awesome. And they're totally the guys I'd want to work with. And because, you know, that's one thing I'm pretty passionate about is is RIT is, is a younger company. And kind of what defines a younger company is just the leadership at the time. And, you know, the three founders, Jason, CJ, Carson, I, ju- I just clicked with those guys. I love those guys. And then Cole, that dude, I wish he was here to tell this story, but I had turned down RID and uh, I was basically trying to tell Cole, hey, I'm, I'm probably not going to even meet again. I'm going to stay where I'm at. And he just blew up my phone and uh, somehow got me in for one more meeting, which finally made me wake up and realize I just needed to do what's, you know, best for my my future wife and kids and, and my future and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I, uh, I'm at RID now and man, it's, it's been a big blessing in my life just cause I've seen the culture here. You know, I was in Cancun a few weeks ago and it was, I'm definitely, you know, slight outsider cause all you guys have, well, most of you guys have known each other for a while and, and, and everyone's been so nice and, and people are just happy to be here, but more than anything, the vision at RID ownership model what they offer and how you can access it a little easier since we're more, you know, in the beginning, as long as the people you're following are legit, Rid, it just, you know, it had everything to offer for me. So. Dude, I love that. One thing I want to dive into, and we were going to chat about this a little bit later, but I feel like this is a really good point. I think you and I are, are, were in similar situations at one point. Parker Stephenson is my business partner and 
he reached out to me on LinkedIn. We followed each other on social media. And it's funny, we had never like met in person, but we had a bunch of mutual friends and we would like gas each other up on like social media posts. Like, dang, I need to do that. LinkedIn. I haven't, dude, I haven't gone, gone down that I don't path. know. It's a little archaic, but <laughs> we'd like throw little fire emojis on each other's posts and stuff. And we never met. And so he, he reaches out to me and I told him, no, I was like, no, thanks. And two, three months later, I realized like, dang, I'd be naive to not just hear him out. Like that's all he asked is just come hear him out. And within two weeks I had signed and was ready to roll just because it was that easy of a decision for me. I feel like a lot of guys, especially experienced guys, you and I kind of went through the same situation where we turned PSTEF and cold down originally. And I think, I mean, for me, looking back at it, I think I had kind of like this ego that I was like too cool to respond to a LinkedIn message or an Instagram message. And I feel like there's probably a lot of guys like that in the industry, even guys that are looking for a new company that are just like, nah, man, I'm not going to reach out to them. Like, why would I do that? Like you want to have that connection, but here's the thing. PSF and I virtually had zero connection and I mean, kind of similar situation with you and Cole. So I guess my question for you is like, why should a rep get over that ego when they're looking for another company or don't feel like they're adding enough value at their current company? Oh man, that's a good question. It's tough because you got people around you that have helped you get to where you're at. You know, your stock in this situation, your stock is raising as a rep, you know, as you get more experience, more, more recruits, stuff like that. But you know, there's people that have helped you along the way to get there and you want to be loyal to those people, but it really is important to just self-assess and make sure that you're getting your worth. Because at the end of the day, if you don't watch your back, other people might, but they might not. And I think especially, you know, you got to make sure, like I keep saying, those those that you're following, you have a connection with them, you, you trust them and stuff like that. And there's no reason in any other industry, essentially, if you have other job opportunities, there's no problem with going and checking it out. And sometimes I wish that, you know, summer sales was a little more like that. You know, this is still a job. This isn't a religion. This is a job and we love it and we like the culture, but, you know, we come here to progress and for financial reasons. If there's a, a situation out there that you can be around people that fit you better, you can be around a culture that develops you better, or you can be in a situation where financially you'll be able to reach your goals sooner, you're doing yourself the biggest disservice to not at least just go check it out. There's there's no problem with checking it out because if you're in the right place, you'll stay. Each time I switch companies, I did everything I could to stay at the current company. I, and I can say that confidently. Like I, I really wanted to. And the only reason I left is because it got to the point where I just couldn't say no. And if I had have been too prideful, you know, I, I was that guy in the beginning from my uh, first, first switch. The first guy, I turned him down and then I came back and I was like, well, let's at least do one meeting. You'll never know what's out there if you don't go look. I think some of the biggest advice I've ever been given when it comes to this industry and ultimately what led to my decision and when I was going through the recruiting process with RID is my manager over at my previous company, when I was going through the process, said to me, when you're kind of at this roadblock and you feel like you're just running into this brick wall that you just can't get over and you feel like you're just spinning in a circle and not going anywhere that you need to reinvent yourself. And sometimes it's not necessarily the company, but it's you. And for me personally, I reflected on that a lot. And I realized like I did need to reinvent myself and I needed to do that at a new place. And 
it was super hard for me to leave too because there is that sense of loyalty for all that your managers have done for you. But at the same time, like for me personally, I am super grateful that I came to RID because of the opportunity that RID's providing for me, for my family. And then for all my guys, that's one of the big things that I keep at the heart of why I do this job and why I continue to do this job is I find so much satisfaction in the success of others. And so jumping into kind of the culture, you've talked a lot about Ritz culture. I feel like one of the things that is unique to us is the sense of loyalty that we have here at Rid to each other and also to like Carson, CJ, Jason. And some of the the main owners here at Rid have been here with them since the start, like four, five, six, seven, eight years ago. And I think that's why Rid is building something so cool. So for you, you said you're kind of an outsider, which, you know, I don't know if that's true. Well, but not, so, not uh, in the beginning, just because yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. reality of the situation. Well, well then I feel, you just, you're new too, right? More on the inside now. Why do you feel like reps jump around so much? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there is a sense of disloyalty in the industry. And then two, why do you feel like Rid doesn't have that? First off, for those of you who don't know, Isaac's a man. He was one of the first guys to say hi to me when I... When I came to Red, and he's like the nicest guy ever. So he's a good example of, of the Red culture. I'm not surprised that he, he found a home here. But I actually would say the number, I, I only have one big thing with that, is the trust with those you're following. When you're in this industry, you meet a lot of new people. And sometimes there's personality types that kind of differ a little bit. Sometimes there's people that you realize that they care about you because they know they're supposed to care about you because it furthers their agenda. And I think that in the industry, that's very common. And that leads to a lot of jumping around and trying to find that right place. And for me, it's, I mean, I, I got so lucky with, with having switched over to a different company. It was the scariest thing in the world. Cause I was like, all right, once I decide that this is worth my time to switch, the whole other beast is how am I going to get my guys to follow me? You know, one thing that I always, I learned this from my dad, uh, my dad passed away three or four years ago and he, he was just the greatest example of you know, he, I mean, if I sound prideful about this, it's because I am. I'm really proud of my dad. He uh, he was running back in college football. He was two-time state champion in high school, went to Harvard Medical School or residency there, you know, su- super successful doctor, super strong in, in our church and, and a leader and stuff like that. And if you stepped into a room with him, you would never know. He leveled with anybody he was around. He showed no ego. You know, he had every reason to maybe feel like in certain environments he could be the top dog, but he never acted like it. You wouldn't even know any of the things I mentioned about his accomplishments if you just knew him. Somebody else would have to tell you because he never talked about it. And I guess the reason why I bring that up is he was genuine in spite of all of his successes. And it doesn't matter how successful you are in this industry. You're never going to be just inherently better than anyone. Your guys following you, they have lives, you know, they have families themselves, they have future goals. And instead of just want to care about them, you need to find a way to legitimately just care about them and not for your own agenda, because they can tell these guys, you know, we're all sales bros. We're smart. You know, we talk to people for a living, analyze people for a living and people know. And and it's just very important that you find a way to make genuine connections and really have friends. And that's how you can avoid the jumping around. That's how RID is able to have so many people stay. And that's the biggest thing I noticed at Red is I, I was in a meeting with, I call them the founders. I don't know what they call themselves, but CJ Carson and, and Jason. And it just takes like five, 10 minutes to realize they're just the most genuine guys out there. I mean, CJ, he's good at talking and he's very talented at what he does. But when you're with him one-on-one, I mean, even when you're not one-on-one with him, like 
it's so easy to tell that he actually does care about you furthering your career. Carson, I mean, he's just, I don't, I mean, how would you describe Carson? He's just, you just see him and you're just like, yeah, he's, he's a nice guy. Dude, plus he should be on like every season of The Bachelor for the rest of <laughs> Bachelor history. Yeah, if I, I, I'd date that guy. But, <laughs> and, uh, Jason, really, I have the same to say for all three of them. Very genuine guys. And that's why people follow them. And they have that culture spread, you know, down the line. And so everyone who's following them wants to be like them, wants to also be genuine. And I feel like that is probably the biggest way I would say of of making sure that you have loyalty for the right reasons. Dude, I love that. I love that story about your dad, too. That's awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. So obviously, that was probably one of your biggest selling points coming to red was just kind of the vibe that you felt while you went through those meetings. And I felt the exact same way. And again, I don't feel like everybody is going to feel that same way. You know, not to say that red is perfect by any means, shape or form, but I feel like because we are so new, we are creating the culture in the way it's supposed to be created with the founders doing it the right way, being ethical and being honest, being transparent, and being real and genuine. And that is something that I feel like really lacks in the industry. But other than that, is there anything else that you would kind of pin down as like one of the biggest selling points for you making the jump to it? Oh, it's it's totally just the fact that I, I realized that I was going to be valued at where my current stock was. I don't, I don't know how to put that. Like I surprised myself going from two recruits to 31 recruits and, you know, lost a few over the summer, typical stuff. But in general, most of the guys and my top guys were, were still with me. And I, I was very grateful for that. And I just, I, I was at a bigger company, like I said, awesome company, love those guys, but there wasn't as immediate room for growth. I think that I wanted to move a little faster than those around me. And there were a lot of meetings that went into that. And I think that we were just on two different pages and I show up at RID and they exceeded my expectations of where I was at. You know, I'm, I'm able to open a branch now. Two years ago, I was, I was supposed to be in law school right now. I would have never expected it. And I, I just feel like, like I said, I've, I've had good luck with having these opportunities present themselves to me at the, at the right time. But that being said, it's, it's not all about just being able to, to open a branch. It's just knowing that I'm going to be around people that I would like to work with for the rest of my life. I think that's probably the biggest thing. And on that same note, obviously, you know, you've been bringing some of your guys over, recruiting a lot of new guys. Obviously, we kind of just heard your selling point on what was the biggest thing for you. As you've recruited, and we're going to talk about this for a sec because you are an amazing recruiter too. What's been one of the biggest selling points for your guys as you've kind of gone through the process and now you're trying to go through that same process with them because that is a difficult thing to do, especially if they've sold with you at a previous company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, first of all, I, would, I wouldn't say I'm an amazing recruiter. There's other guys that have a lot more. You know, I, I never know what I'm going to say when a meeting starts. <laughs> but some of my best friends are the guys following me and the guys on my team. And, you know, they'll be listening to this podcast. And I feel like I can confidently say, you knowing they're listening, that they, they trust me. And I do everything I can every day to maintain that trust. And in recruiting meetings, I think one thing that's helped me kind of try to be different from other companies and stuff like that is I always just try to shoot them straight. You know, I'll, I'll admit to somebody like, hey, your first summer, like your first few weeks, you, it, it might be a living hell. Like you're probably not going to be partying on the beach, having a blast. Like, like you're going to be sacrificing a ton 
But the more you sacrifice, the higher your commitment level will be, which means the more success that you can potentially have during those few months. I just like to really shoot people straight on the opportunity of like, you, you know, you're just going to you're just going to grow so much. You're going to have a lot of really hard things happen to you. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make it worth it. And when people just feel that you're shooting them straight, being genuine with them, I think that that's what goes, it goes a long ways in, in helping progress people through the, the company. Dude, that's awesome. So to kind of keep on rolling with the whole recruiting thing, how do you make recruiting genuine? Obviously, it sounds like you have a lot of buddies with you, and that's, that's one thing. You've done a really good job of maybe tapping into that network. When it gets beyond that, I think is when it might maybe gets a little bit harder to make those connections. Mm -hmm. Something that we've already talked about that Jason, CJ, and Carson are super good at doing. How do you build a genuine relationship from the ground up when it comes to recruiting and making guys feel welcome like Rid has done an amazing job at? Yeah, I think that the, the a big thing with that is focusing on the individual, listening to them. That's something that hasn't been a strength of mine most of my life. I like to talk and sometimes I forget to listen and I've had to improve on that. I think the biggest thing is, you know, a lot of people sell on, on clout, you know, you're going to come out, you're going to make the big bucks and they tell them about their fancy truck that they drive or all the fancy vacations they go on and they kind of flex on people and, and make them, you know, you know, you try to make the recruit want to be you. But I think that that's probably the fastest way to turn off the kind of people that you can be looking for at times, which are the hard, you know, hardworking, humble people that are ready to just go grow. And so it's not about you. It's about them. Focus on them. Just help them see that you're going to be a trustworthy person that they're willing to follow. And I just think if you if you focus on others' needs before you focus on themselves, they just kind of pick up on that. That's as, as simple as I can put it as, as the strategy I go for. I don't really have a very detailed recruiting strategy. I don't really have these plans of attack and, and how I'm how I'm going to persuade somebody. I just present what I have to offer. And for me, I, I don't ever, you know, I'm, I'm definitely probably different on this, but I don't really ever hard close anybody to come work for me. I, I want them to make the decision themselves. So I give them the time they need. You know, there's always urgency to it with training and stuff like that. But I think that people, at least with my recruiting style, they like to be able to just get the information and, and make the decision. And nine times out of 10, by the time they're done receiving the information, it becomes a pretty simple decision for them. Yeah, dude. I think the biggest thing with recruiting and I think you and I have both felt this because we ultimately made the decision to come to RID, is if you're surrounding yourselves with the right guys, genuine guys, guys that are real, they just straight shoot you with how everything is, just set proper expectations. I think that is the key to recruiting too. And so not only if and when somebody is listening to this, decides to come in here out RID, and you want to be a recruiter yourself and recruit a team and kind of build this same stock as Mason puts mm -hmm. it that you know some of these guys are building with their the branch ownership surround yourselves with guys that are going to be genuine and you in turn will be the same and that's what makes for the best recruiters in my opinion yeah I mean some of my best friends I met through this job so there, there's no reason that that next person walking in the door can't be another one of your friends outside of the job I mean, my, one of my guys is my gym buddy, you know, I hang out with him every day. Another one of my, I mean, I could go on, but most of my guys, I, I hang out with outside of the job. And when I'm hanging out with them outside of the job, I, you know, I always end up talking about the job a little bit, but I try to just keep a separation between owner and, and friend. 
so that they know that, you know, there's times where you're going to have to be kind of the guy and you're going to have to be the boss a little bit. And there's times where you're just, you are you and you're just hanging out and watching a movie or whatever you're doing out, out golfing, just being a friend um, with no agenda, with no agenda to try to persuade them towards any, any motive or any, any personal goal that, that I would have. One thing that I, I think is important is, again, you look at CJ, Carson, Jason, they don't put themselves on a pedestal. They're our friends. And I think that is another thing that is super important with the way our management style here at RID is, yeah, we sometimes have to be the bad guy. But at the same time, and more importantly, we just want to be a friend. And I think that, that again, that relationship is what matters the most into having a good experience over the summer because the job is difficult. The job is hard. Oh, and yeah. if you have that circle, again, and a team that you can just be a real team with, like you think about the best teams professionally, right? Like a lot of them just have that chemistry um, mm-hmm. and, and that's super important. So one, one thing on that, the, the nice part about, you know, when you're a leader or manager or something like, you know, a position like that, when you have a relationship with them outside the job, you know, when, when you're a leader, you're, it's very easy to screw up, you know, my first summer managing, I, man, I made every mistake in the book and I'm sure my guys would, would agree with that. But when they know that, Hey, this is manager Mason, he made this mistake, but they know that you have a friendship outside of the job in the job they're they're quicker to try to be understanding and, and, and forgive and, and move on and continue supporting you because yeah, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a tough thing. You know, when I, when I started managing a group of 31 at the beginning of last summer, it was, oh my gosh, I lost sleep because of all the anxiety and stress. And I, I made so many mistakes and I was just grateful for the guys that, that decided to, to believe in me, um, knowing that I would grow and, and kind of, you know, learn from those mistakes that I'm making. And, and I think the only reason they continued to follow me is just because, you know, I tried to be their friend. Um, you know, you gotta be the boss, you gotta be the manager, but there's a way to balance the both. One of my favorite things, I don't know if CJ told you this when you were going through the recruiting process, but he told it to me and I've heard him tell it to other guys before, but we want guys that want to be here. We want reps that want to be here. And that's something that I tell anybody I sit down with too, is at the end of the day, I'm going to do my job to make sure you see the value that RID can provide for you and provide that same vision and lay the groundwork out for you to make a corrected decision. But at the end of the day, we want guys that want to genuinely be here too. And that's another part that plays into the culture. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, it's it's huge. You'll, you'll recruit some guys and you'll realize halfway through, hey, is this even the right fit for us? And guys that are all in to the culture, you know, the environment, and, and they want to be there. It's so much easier to train and develop a rep if he wants to be there and if he's all in for not just the money, but also the learning experience, the culture, the environment, the friends he's going to make through the job. And yeah, I, I think, yeah, that's CJ's, a, he's a great example of that. Well, dude, that's all we got for the day. I appreciate you hopping on. For anybody listening to this, you're going to probably want to throw this one on repeat as soon as we finish <laughs> it, just because there's a lot of, a lot of really good things to pull from this one. So yeah, no, this, this is awesome. I'm super pumped opening up the branch in in about a month the first blitz. And I've been very, uh, I've been, I felt very lucky with the amount of support I'm receiving, just going, going with the motto, faking it till I make it. And, and, uh, I feel pretty confident I'm on the right path with, with RID. So we're opening the branch in about a month, mm-hmm. more or less anywhere in the United States. It'll be a surprise. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> Keep them guessing. CBD. Well, Mason, I'm pumped for you. Pumped to have you here, my guy. Appreciate it.